Welcome to the free solo podcast created to help getting kicked out of your parents' basement not hurt so bad. I'm Talmadge Morgan, your host for today's show, and thanks so much for listening. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining me for episode two um, in this two-part series on how to buy a used car. So this is the one I'm most excited about because I think there are just so many things you can do to set yourself up for success when you buy a car. Um, but I'm also you know, excited to do this episode because I think we're all in the same boat. Um, broke college kids, you know, and I'm um, just trying not, not to get ripped off when you buy a car. So um, if you're just tuning in for the first time, I did an episode um, already on sort of why I think you should buy a used car main points there are, I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna save you money. Um, overall, you know, reliability is, is about the same and it's just as safe as, as driving a new car. Um, so in my opinion, it's, it's totally worth it to consider saving some money and, and looking for a budget car. Um, it does take some more work on, on your end to find the right one. So that's what we're going to talk about in this, in this episode here. I think it's especially relevant as we're starting up, um, school here in the fall. I've got a lot of friends who are starting school and um, a couple who are looking, going car shopping as well. Um, I think, you know, the first point when you're just going to spend money in general is just think about, you know, your dollars. And those represent little hours that you've put in of work. Um, Whatever job you're working, if it's an eight hour, eight dollars an hour, 10 bucks an hour, um, even if you're making 15 or 20 an hour, Every dollar that you have in your bank account represents um, time that you spent working for it. So consider that as you buy a car. You know, this is your hard-earned money. Be willing to put in some work um, and some research and some effort to save yourself from a headache later on. Um, Another thing to keep in mind is, you know, mistakes, sloppy research, sloppy effort, and choosing a car can set you back. Um, So you know, make sure you're willing to, to do what you need to, to find the best option for you. Um, so we talked a little bit about this last time, but when you're ready to, to go find that car, um, I recommend using just a local classifieds in Utah, you know, there's KSL classifieds, which is great. Um, most cities or most states have some form. If, if you need to just head to Facebook marketplace, that's even the most central one. Um, we kind of talked about price ranges. So 3000 to $5,000 is going to be your sweet spot. If, especially if you're on a budget, those are the cars that are going to be reliable still. Um, they're going get, to get done what they need to, but they're not going to break the budget. Um, so kind of decide your price range. Um, anywhere between 3000 and 5000 should get you a great car. Um, if you're not quite there, if you're sitting around 2000 if your budget's a little lower, it's worth saving a little more. Um, I'd advise you to, to, you know, spend a couple more hours working or cut some other, um, expenses just so you can make sure you're, you're, uh, making a quality purchase there on the first car. Um, there's just always a higher risk when you're paying less cause you never know, you know, if the car's going to break down or just the history on it. Um, and always plan on paying sales tax. So if you have a private sale, I mean, you're going to buy the car, you're going to pay cash to whoever owns it, right? And then you're going to have to take it to the DMV to get registered. They're going to charge you sales tax on it. So um, I recently bought a $3,800 car and sales tax on that. I don't remember exactly how much it was, but 
Um, it was a chunk. It was, you know, somewhere around four or 500 bucks. So incorporate that in your budget as well. Um, with older cars too, you may have minor fix-ups to consider, such as like new tires or wipers or getting oil change. Nothing super major, but just things to make, um, make it a little more convenient and comfortable. Um, and uh, when you're thinking about what kind of car, so this is a tough spot because, and this is something I get sucked into as well, but you're just going to be tempted to look for, you know, all the features that you've always wanted. Um, for example, for me, I love a car that has all wheel drive. For me, that's something that every car should have. But if it's got all wheel drive, it's for me, it's almost a deal breaker if a car doesn't have it. I drive a Prius, which I mean, those do not have all wheel drive. They're not really an adventure mobile. Um, <clears throat> but for me, that's a future that I had to sacrifice on because I just, I knew that I didn't really need it and I knew it was going to cost me more. Um, some of those could be, you know, speakers, if you're looking for the best base in the car or, you know, a rack on top or a Bluetooth system, you know, that plays your music. Those are things that are sweet. Um, but when you're getting down in the budget car range, you may not be able to find them. So, um, decide what your needs are before you decide what the wants are. If you don't need a truck, you don't need a truck, grab a sedan. Um, if it's scratch and dented, but the inside works fine, don't worry too much about what it looks like. Uh, better to have problems on the outside than on the inside, right? And know your reliable brands. So if you're looking for a car and you want something reliable, your go-to brands are going to be Toyota, Honda, Nissan. Um, those are a couple of them. There are plenty more that are, are reliable, but in my experience, those are some of the top ones there. Um, also look out for the mileage. So if you're look at, looking at cars over 200,000 miles, just be aware that that's a lot of miles on a car. Um, it's just getting into the range of potential repairs where you might need to be a little more careful. Um, my last point there would just be, you know, opt to buy from a private seller whenever you can. Um, the reason for that is when you buy from a private seller, I mean, they're a regular person just like you are. So you guys are pretty much playing on an equal playing field when it comes to the sale. If you head into a dealership, they've got so much more knowledge about pricing and, um, budgets and, you know, whatever rates they have. I don't even, I've never bought from a dealership, so I have no idea what it's like, but they just, they have so much more background knowledge than you do. So you're walking in there trying to negotiate while they're just pretty much saying, I've got control of this. Um, so you're pretty much equaling out the playing field instead of having a disadvantage. Oftentimes as well, private sellers, it's only one or two owners, which is great. It just means it's more likely that maintenance has been done well. Um, and the risk there with buying from a private seller is the sale is always as is. So when you buy a car or anything on a classified service, um, the seller, you know, gives their honest description of what it is. You accept that and you buy it and there's no returns or no refunds. So you're paying for the final purchase there. Um, so the next part to consider, um, just when you're looking is whether it's a clean title or salvage title. For those who don't know, a clean title just means it has not been in an accident before. Salvage title could mean that it was damaged by an accident. It was damaged by hail. Um, is damaged by flooding. Um, those cars are always going to come out cheaper. So you just want to know why it's a salvage title. Um, if it's a hail damage car, if you don't mind the dents on it, it's going to run fine. Um, and it's going to cost less. So that's a win-win in my opinion. However, if it was damaged by flooding, 
there are a lot of things there that that the mechanic may not have been able to see just damage that may have been done so you're going to want to be more careful with that one um, the other thing to consider with salvage titles is you won't be able to sell it for as much later on because the reason you can buy it for cheaper is the same reason you won't be able to, to sell it for quite as much um, and um, when you're when you're ready to go look at a car you should always ask the seller for a carfax report that just means um, it's basically just a list of all the maintenance that's been done on a vehicle in the past. You can find that at carfax.com. The reason that's important is it's going to show you if the car's been taken care of. Um, car maintenance is a huge deal, especially as cars get older, um, especially oil changes, you know, regular fluid changes, um, transmission fluid or brake fluid. Um, those are the things that keep the car's life long, keep the car running for longer. So if you can get a record of that and see that it's been taken care of, you're going to have way less reason to worry that it'll break down on you. And you can see all of that in a Carfax report. So again, that's Carfax.com. Sellers, in my opinion, should provide it. You can always ask them. If they're not willing to, it's going to cost you anywhere between $30 or $50 to get that. Um, and I'll just tell you, it's totally worth it because um, it could save you 100 bucks in, in repairs. So um, to sum that up, um, before, you know, as you're doing your research, um, Know your reliable brands. Do your own research. Look out for mileage. Be wary of anything over $200,000. Um, opt for a private seller when you can. That way it's an equal playing field. Um, look at the title. And, then, you know, if you're if you're looking for something that's just straightforward and um, no risk, then clean title is, is best in my opinion. If you're going to go for a salvage title, just make sure it wasn't damaged in a flood. Or if it was a collision damage, just find out some more details. The seller should be able to tell you more about it. Um and get the Carfax. So make sure you have that information before you actually go and are ready to buy the car. So this section has been more of the research phase, right? Um, as far as the sale itself, um, when you show up, let's say, you know, you have your Carfax report, you have the information that you've researched in your head, you're ready to go buy a car. Um, you always want to go have it inspected first this is another good way to just reassure yourself that it's going to last you a while. Um, mechanic shops will do inspections for anywhere between 20 and $50. Again, it's, it's an expense, but it's going to save you a lot of money. Um, down the road, it's, it's worth it. So, um, what you can do is you can either ask the seller if they're willing to meet you somewhere. Um, you can ask them to meet you at a mechanic shop. That way you can just have it inspected right then and there or just meet at the seller's house and then take it for a test drive and have a mechanic check it out there. Um, if a seller is not willing to have it inspected or meet you at a shop, that could be a bit of a red flag. Maybe there's something they're trying to hide. Um, but I personally would just, I would never buy a car. I would never spend my hard-earned money on something that I didn't have someone check out first. You're just letting a, an experienced mechanic who knows their way around a car they're going to let you know, you know, what problems it has or what needs to be done. Um, a note there is, so what they usually do is they kind of write up a list of the things they found that should be repaired or fixed. Problems there, they're not always deal breakers. If you see a list, it doesn't always mean that you shouldn't buy the car. Um, just ask some questions about pricing and um, you can ask the mechanic what they think. But a lot of the times, cars are drivable with, with small small problems or small repairs that are needed. And this can even turn to negotiation leverage for you later on. Um, if it has a few problems that you're willing to live with, you can even ask them to knock 100 bucks off the price or a couple hundred bucks. Um, 
because oftentimes the seller doesn't really know about these issues beforehand. So it's definitely a good negotiation tactic there. Um, I mentioned this earlier, but always take it for a test test drive. This is your chance to just test everything because um, you don't want to get home and just realize the AC doesn't work, the wipers don't work, the brake lights don't turn on. Um, so bring someone with you if you can, you know, a friend or a family member. But just test it all. Test the AC, test the windows, test the heater, the wipers, the blinkers, the brake lights, um, whatever you can see in the car that, you know, has an off and on switch. Just test it and make sure it's working okay. Again, if it's not working, it's not a deal breaker necessarily, but it could be negotiation for you. Um, so yeah, make sure you take it for a test drive. Other thing there is, you know, take it on the highway, make sure it can handle higher speeds. If the engine sounds weird, um, if anything seems off, you know, trust your gut instincts and don't make any impulsive decisions. Um, you don't need to buy the car just cause you took it for a test drive, you know? So don't, uh, if something seems off, don't feel pressured or obligated to buy it. Um, uh, so yeah, that's points one and two is get it inspected, take it for a test drive. Point number three is know your price as well. So this this is an important point um, that you can use for negotiation and just make sure you're not getting ripped off on the car. So use use tools like price check tools. Um, one of my favorites is Kelly Blue Book. Basically what you do is you put in the make and model of the car, how many miles it has and what condition it's in, and it'll spit out a number of about what it's worth, um, about what the sale value is so based on what the person has it listed for you know let's say kelly blue book tells you that the car is worth 4500 the seller has it at 5000 um and it's not in great condition you know you could potentially knock three or four hundred maybe even 500 bucks off the price there um so just these things these things are small they take they take some time but they're going to save you hundreds of dollars they definitely add up so use these tools kelly blue book is one of them again that's kellybluebook.com um, edmunds.com is another one as well that just has a list of whatever car you want to look up um, price ranges reviews um, expert you know descriptions and reviews there so super useful um, bring what you find with you to the sale because this is just going to be what increases your credibility as the buyer if you can show them that kelly blue book says 4500 and they have it listed at 5000 um, this is just going to be like what allows you to bring the price down so Bring these things have an offer ready um don't lowball them obviously don't don't give them a price that's way lower than what they have they're not going to consider something like that but just know what you're willing to pay um you know have your research done know what the car's worth and, and make an offer based on that um and bring the cash with you this will this will show the seller that you're serious um it shows them you're not just wasting their time um and that's gonna be pretty much the end of the the sale um so i mean if you've made it this far in the podcast we've we've covered a lot um i'll just do a quick run through the summary of of our first part the the research phase um so decide your price range first three to five thousand is the sweet spot um and then always plan on paying sales tax as well. Incorporate that in your budget. Um, needs needs come before wants. So, for example, if you don't need a truck to haul stuff around, don't buy a truck. I mean, it's going to cost you three or four thousand extra dollars. Trucks are way more expensive. Um, shiny and new versus scratched and dented. Just you know, make sure you're buying the car for what it is, four wheels rather than for what it looks like. Um, know your reliable brands. Again, 
Honda, Toyota, Nissan, can't really go wrong there. Look out for the mileage, so anything over 200,000, just be careful of. Between 100 and 2,000, or 200,000, pretty normal for that price range. Um, and opt for a private seller when you can. Um, once we get into the sale, always get it inspected. Um, ask the seller if they're willing to meet you at a shop. Take it for a test drive. Um, that's when you're going to be able to test everything. Know your prices. Um, be knowledgeable about the cars, what you've been looking at. Bring that stuff with you. And when you finalize the sale, just pay in cash. Um, if you're looking, so if you have an, an online bank like I do, I'm, I bank with Capital One. They don't have any physical locations, so I can't just head in and uh, withdraw money that way. So um, a lot of banks, you know, offer cashier's checks that you can use. Um, the seller that I bought from was okay with using Venmo, so that's what I used. Um, just depends on your situation, but um, there are plenty of ways to get that figured out, finalize the sale. Um, and that's pretty much it. So, you know, if you have any questions about anything I talked about, or if you have further advice that you want to give to any other listeners, please shoot me an email. That's uh, podcastfreesolo at gmail.com. Um, that's where you can contact me. Um, but if you're planning on buying a used car, well, good luck. Let me know how it goes. Um, you got this. Just remember that everything's in your control and um, the work you're willing to put in is going to save you the money in the long run. So thanks so much, guys, for sticking with me for this one. Hopefully it was useful for you. And I'll see you next time on the Free Solo Podcast.